Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Energy Awareness Radio. Listeners, do you like surprises? I like some surprises. Not all, though, I must admit. Are you aware of the way you react when you're surprised? Surprises change us. They change us physiologically, psychologically, and they also change us spiritually. So does that sound surprising to you? Though I was not surprised by the statement that surprises change us spiritually, I was surprised by the extent at which I felt change recently. There really is quite a lot of science behind surprises, and we will be speaking all about that in just a few moments. This is your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of Sojidi Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice, located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer free of charge and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. My guest is William Arntz, co-author of The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises, which is our topic for discussion. He started his professional career as a research laser physicist working on Star Wars high-energy lasers. He then moved on to software, writing AutoSys, an automated job control system currently in use by most Fortune 500 companies. He sold that company, retired, and then decided to make a film creating, producing, and directing What the Bleep Do We Know? An exploration of spirituality, quantum physics, neurology, and outrageous possibilities, and a film we've spoken about on this show. The film and the companion book with editions in over 20 languages were international hits. He is once again talking about retirement, although that probably will not happen anytime soon, as he is married to one Deirdre Hayde. You can learn more about him at his website, CapturedLight.biz, and you can learn more about the not-so-little book of surprises, at the website, littlebookofsurprises.com. So, William, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here, and I thank you very much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am being just fine, thank you. And you? (laughs) I'm well, thank you very much for asking. That was nice. (laughs) Your book, The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises, is touted as a coffee table book. It's filled with surprises, and I found... The surprises in both the messages within the poetry as well as the visuals themselves. Now, the poetry, coupled with the photography, it kind of had a way of both independently and yet symbiotically evoking incredible feelings, deep feelings of, uh, I I don't even know what. It brought about somewhat instantaneous, soulful aha moments. I was present in the moment, yet a bit meditative, and I was aware of that. It was thought-provoking and because for me, I was hearing something while I was reading the book, and then it hit me. I am hearing what I believe was the sounds of my soul music as I read this book. And I know, I know that sounds beyond crazy, <laughs> and it does to me too, which of course was very surprising. And of course, I'm saying this on Worldwide Radio, so oh well, <laughs> there really are no words to describe what happens when I, I picked up this book. 
I can feel the energy of it. It was visceral, strong, powerful, life-changing, and I just can't seem to find the right word. So I'll just say it's ineffable, really. And without getting too political, it came to me at a time when this country, I think, needs the power of positive feelings to be put forth. So it brings me great comfort and faith and trust that we, as stewards of our planet, I'll say, will overcome our differences and challenges and finally realize that we are all one. And I will add, what I gleaned from your book most certainly surprised me. So my first question, after all of that, is however did you come up with this idea to create such a treasure? Well, first off, uh, <clears throat> thank you for those those words. I mean, that certainly warms a creator's heart to, to hear, uh, hear what you said, because we were you know, hoping and praying and doing all the other stuff that that would have the effect. So um, it's really great to hear you say that. So thank you. Um, You're welcome. As to, as to how it all came about, um, it started innocently enough with um, a friend of mine calling me up and saying, you know, I think, I think you could put together a book of Deirdre's quotes and poetry fairly easy. Now, Deirdre, so everyone knows, is the one who wrote all the words in the book, and she also happens to be my beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had been writing a novel. She still is writing a novel for a couple years, and she keeps working it and reworking it and being frustrated she doesn't have anything out there. So when my friend suggested that, I thought, oh, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe I could do that. And mm-hmm. as a filmmaker, documentary filmmaker, I'm used to looking through transcripts and uh, pulling out quotes. That's kind of what you spent a lot of time doing. And there was like 10 volumes of her teachings and poems that were just laying around um, in books. So I said, well, let me think about that. I don't know. Let me just think about it. Within a day, I came up with the whole concept of the book of surprises and the whole concept about what a surprise is and, and really what's behind that. And then I started getting intrigued by the whole thing. And I'm like, you know, I think I think maybe I can I can do something about that. And then, I mean, then it happened. Um, the, the next bit of good luck was uh, she has a friend and someone she's worked with, Andre Balog, for years. And he's a uh, aside from being a concert violinist, he he's also a photographer. And it turns out he had 3,000 photos just laying around on his website. And he's such an artist that he didn't know what to do with them. You know, marketing is like, to an artist, is like, huh? So yeah. <laughs> um, suddenly there was all these photos to choose from. So within three weeks of me first considering it, I had put together a 60-page book. Uh, we showed it to Bill Gladstone, the publisher. And he was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Let's print this. And I said, well, Bill, I don't think so. It's it's. As it was, it was just like a little collection of one, one-liners and or paragraphs or whatnot. And I said, no, the book needs to have an arc. It needs the book needs to be a journey. It needs to be a trip in itself. So, let me work on it. So, you know, another month and a half later, um, we were done. And I had pulled all the quotes. We got the pictures. Uh, Andre, I had him take some pictures and and create some some of the artwork. And basically three months after first thinking about it, it was done and off to the printer. And we were all like, oh, my God, we did it. So that's, that's sort of how it happened. 
That's an incredible, that's incredible. Okay, let's start with that. Let me first say, because there's so many points in here. First, I love Bill Gladstone. He's been on the show. I love, love, love that man. Um, he's been here. I, okay, so in one day you came up with the concept. In, in only a couple of months it was all put together. Was this surprising to you? <laughs> I mean, it does bode the question. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a yes and a no. Once I get really into things, um, like when I wrote my the software program that I sold to all the Fortune 500 companies, I was told that would take something like 20 man years to develop it, and I did it in mm. five months. So oh my God. once I get into something, um, I, I, I work really fast, and if I'm not into yeah. it, it would take forever because I just wouldn't care. So on the one hand, the fact that it happened so quickly uh, was not a surprise. And I was really happy that all the the words were just laying there and the pictures were laying there, so I just had to, you know, cook them up. But on the other hand, it did surprise me because it turned out so amazing in such an amount of time. And so it was like, well, you know, I may think that I was the one sitting there pulling the quotes and associating with pictures and everything, but I don't know. I think there was an angel on my left and some master on my right uh, whispering in my ear or something because the fact that it, it happened so quickly, eh, that was a surprise. Yeah, and when things flow that well and go together that easily, you know there's some kind of divine intervention happening, and it's meant to be, to be put out there. And that, that to me is clear. You had to do this. Yeah. Yep, I did. And the the other surprising thing was, was two days before I started it, I, I it's not like I had been ruminating on it for a year and finally decided to do it. Unlike Bleep, which I had been wanting to, I'd been wanting to make a movie for years, um, this was just like I wasn't even thinking about it, but it just came, you know, it just came rolling in and boom, it happened. I love it when that happens. That's when you know you're doing the right thing. That's when you yep. know it's really, this is what you're here for. This is something that you need to get out there. And every word I said I meant because this book, you know, I pick up books a lot. I, get, I read a book a week for the show. I have people who send books all the time. And sometimes I pick up the book and I just immediately say no. I, I, don't, I haven't even looked at the book. And then other times I pick up a book and I'll peruse it and I'll know. I don't read the books until the weekend before the show. So it would be too, I'd get too confused on all the different books. So I, I try to do it the weekend before to keep everything fresh. And I don't read it ahead to decide. I just peruse it or I pick it up. And this one, there was something about this book. I can't, I, w- I wish I could put my finger on it. It just is amazing. There, the energy that's from it. And of course, as you know, everything is energy and everything has an energy. But I think that the, the love that went into the book and the way that it came about, he happened to have these pictures hanging around and they just happened to fit with what you wrote, you know, what was written by Deirdre. Come on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We, it's kind of, uh, in fact, with Andre, I said some of the pictures were, it was just spooky how much, you know, if you tried to design it, you couldn't come up with something that good. And he would have taken the picture three years before or constructed the photograph or done whatever he does. And I'm like, Andre, what do you, does this make any sense to you? Why did you take this picture of a huge animal eye in a side view mirror on a car? That's one of the pictures in the book, talking about the beast. And I said, why did you take that? It's so out there. He's like, oh, I don't know. I just uh, thought it would be a good picture. I'm like, Andre, but it is fits that perfectly the quote. So I said, Andre, my theory is you're a time traveler. You went out to the future, you saw the book, and you realized that was the picture you had to take, and then you took it. 
But don't you think everybody is? I mean, if you really tune in and you really pay attention to the present moment, you will be in the present moment, but you will also be able to know what you need to do, which is your purpose here, you, if you really pay attention. And I think artists have that ability more than others because of their creativity. Well, artists, um, I totally agree with you. And it's artists are visionaries. And mm-hmm. um and uh, well, it reminds me of something someone said on an interview last night. They they talked about Joseph Campbell, and they, and Joseph Campbell said, "Look, there's a new spirituality that is that is going to be coming because the old spirituality has run its course. There's a new spirituality. I can't tell you what it is. I don't know, but I can tell you where it's going to come from. It's going to come from artists. Mm. Isn't that yeah? I think that's interesting, but I think it's also very true because they're soulful." There's a soulfulness. Yep. You know, I'm not an artist, okay? But the work that I do, and when I am in art mode, because I'm very creative and I do things, that's when I know. You can just feel it. Time goes by very quickly. Everything falls into place. And it's like, yep, that was meant to be. That was mm-hmm. absolutely meant to be. And it feels so good. And if everybody just minded their own little energy fields, you know, the world would be a whole lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone minded their own energy field. That could be a bumper sticker. Mind your own energy field. <laughs> That's right. It could. You know, I, I won't do it, but somebody ought to. <laughs> now, in the book, it states that you know uh, we change after a surprise. So let's talk about how or what or how do we change from before a surprise to after a surprise? How are we different? Well. Um, of course, a lot of it depends on the surprise, but in general, uh, one thing, one of the things that happens on a very physical level is your, all your body chemistry changes. Now, everyone knows about the fight-or-flight syndrome, you know, right. that you, you hear a weird sound and you, you, you think it would be a, a lion about ready to chomp on you, and so you get the adrenaline, your perception heightens. Everyone knows about that, but it actually is much more profound. One of the things that happens is because of the chemicals in the brain, the neuroplasticity goes off the charts. And neuroplasticity is the ability for the brain to rewire in new patterns. And people typically used to think 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they used to think that at a certain age you can't teach an old dog new tricks because the brain cannot rewire. And they found recently, or last decade, it's like, well, that's not true at all. In fact, the brain can massively rewire, and the ability to do that is called the neuroplasticity. So when the surprise happens, your brain is flooded with these uh, neuroplastical things that make the brain easy to rewire. So at that point, it's like the door is open. You can change and rewire yourself at that point. Now, it's not necessarily going to do it, and this is where the awareness comes in. It's great to have the awareness like, oh, my God, there's that surprise. I just saw the world in a new way. And then mm-hmm. you go into that new thought or into the new feeling, and you hover there. You go through the door, and then you allow that to reconfigure yourself. So really it's a doorway for transformation. Well, that's what happens with your book. When you're reading the book, the aha moments, as I refer to them, and I think I stole that from Oprah, are crazy. I mean, they're just all over the place. You turn a page and you think, wow, I I literally had to go back and read things a few times, and I still 
when I picked it up today and read stuff, I'm like, yeah, this really is still moving me in a way. Because I read this two weeks ago. As you know, I thought the show was two weeks ago. I really messed up. Listeners know that. So, you know, I always tell on myself. I get myself in trouble. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I had read it then, but I, I read it over the weekend. And then today I picked it up and I thought, yeah, it's still doing it. So it, it there's something about it that, that shifts you. And you have a lot of those moments in reading those that your book, which was surprising to me. But as you said, it does depend upon the surprise. And some surprises are nice surprises, but when somebody scares you, that's not a nice surprise. That's more like a shock. And mm-hmm. it does very similar things to your body, but in more of a, I don't want to use the word negative, but less positive way. <laughs> right. And I talk about that in the foreword where I, I basically write, that's the only writing I did in the book, is the foreword to basically set everyone up. And one of the things I said in the foreword, that some surprises are time bombs. And you actually just described that sometimes. And this, the weird thing, now here's a surprise for me. You know, I put the book together. I've been through it a billion times. And I'll be walking around, and a quote will just suddenly pop into my mind. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, I, oh. And I'll just get a whole new meaning on it. And it's like, wow, where did that come from? So some of the, the surprises, they're, they're time bombs. You, you, you read the words. You think about it, you go, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, I got it. And then two weeks later, it's like, whoa, whoa, no, I didn't get it. Now I do. So yes. it's, uh, you know, it's, that's what we were going for in the book. And, again, I'm, I'm glad that worked. Yeah, it worked in a big way. I mean, it's highly successful. You, you certainly did what you <laughs> set out to do. You accomplished it greatly. Kudos to both of you. <laughs> you know, it, it's um, – I don't know. There's, I read some of the, one of the things that I read and I couldn't remember and I went back and read it again and then I couldn't remember and I thought maybe it's not time for me to get this yet, you know, because I think you get what you get when you need to get it. And Mm -hmm. then we had last week's election and post-election results and all that's going on in the world. And I picked it up and read it again and I thought, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember which one that was? I do. It was page 66. Do you want me to read it? Please. Okay. Your soul is pure. Nothing can touch it. Nothing can harm it. Even if your soul is, as they say, taken by the devil. Even if you fall in a chasm of darkness, your soul remains pure. It's redeemable. The soul of the evilest person is redeemable because the soul was made by God. And that is what Jesus meant when he said, love your enemy. It is that you are to love the pure light within the soul of your enemy. Nowhere does it say to love the actions of bad behavior. I I just think why are you laughing? <laughs> that is so applicable. Well? <laughs> yeah, you know, really, you know, the parallel is unparalleled. It was it was great. It really was great. Uh, you know, and and when I was reading it, I I was reading it and we were going through the whole process of, you know, people being up for election and everything and but there was the energy of the earth has been very shaky recently as I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah. You know, yeah, you can feel it. It's visceral. <laughs> and uh, when I picked it up today, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, i got to keep reminding myself about this. <laughs> you know, I really do. So it really mm-hmm. struck me. Hard. But quite a few of them did in the book. And I, I flip through it daily because it does something for me as a person to bring me back to center. I think that's probably the, and that just came to me, to bring me back mm-hmm. to center, to grow me and let me know that, you know, you're here to do a job and you really don't have to worry about anybody else but who you are and what you're doing. And I think mm-hmm. that's important for people to know, particularly now. Would you agree uh-huh. with that? 
I definitely <laughs> agree with that. And I'll let you in on a little little secret, which may dissipate this, but oh well, I'll let you know it anyway. Part of the book is actually a book of prophecy. See, Deirdre, Deirdre has had medical experiences since she was two years old. I mean, it's crazy. The when she tells her stories, all the things and and like for instance, she had visions of the uh, World Trade Towers being knocked down three weeks before it happened, and mm-hmm. she was trying to call people to say, "Look, this is going to happen." and she didn't know who to call, and they'd think she was nuts anyway, so she gave up. So there's a way, and part of that is she lives out, part of her, she's got a foot outside of time all the time, as mystics do. So yes. there's a there's currents through the book of prophecy, of basically, uh, where I sometimes tell her she's an oracle. If she was, she was around in Grecian times, they'd have her over at Delphi. Um, mm-hmm. So there's things in the book that are prophetic. So the the thing that you just read really given the situation is a bit prophetic and also mm-hmm. when prophecy is done correctly not only tells you what's going to happen it tells you how to lead you out of the abyss that you think you're heading into so yes that's that's one of the recurring themes through the book and we don't hit you over the head with it it's not like a now the word from the you know the mount is coming to tell you the way it's going to be it's much subtler than that but I think once you get through it, you start getting a feeling of the future that she sees. And that starts early on in the book, I believe. I'm going to say uh, the part about uh, the roadmap. God actually wrote a a map, a code, so that you could enter into God's joy, happiness, and bliss whenever you want to. And that seems to be so appropriate in that you need to... uh, uh, Ground yourself, meditate, and you can see into the future yourself. So she was probably giving us direction? Yeah, she was giving directions and saying, you know, and, it, and it's a hopeful thing. You, yes. Because you don't want to think, oh, gee, I, I, let me just, you know, pray that somehow the light of descends upon me and I do whatever. It's like, no, there's a map. There's There's a way in which you can make that happen, and it's mm-hmm. up to you and – and universe too, obviously it's a co-creation, but there's things you can do, and which is also kind of hinting at, which is why I put that quote in the beginning, towards the beginning of the book, that there is a map, and having your hands is part of the map. So have fun. Yeah, and and the question that follows was interesting too. She she writes, my question to you is, how many illuminations have you had that you didn't take in and were wasted? Just think about that for a minute. Do you think there were illuminations, true prophetic experiences for you that came and you did not open to them? You walked right by. Well, the answer is yes, you've had a few. I'm quite sure we've all had more than a few. That, that's what it was, starting the book and reading it and thinking, wow, this is, this is crazy good information. This is information that needs to be used. It's mm-hmm. almost like it's, you know, an instruction book. You know, yep. and people say, oh, buy the Bible. It's an instruction book. Not so much for me. You know, I mean, it really isn't. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. just saying, <laughs> you know, but this, I don't know. There was so much that, that came through in simple words. So would you say that she wrote this poetry, these words, these phrases, these quotes as, do you think they were channeled to her? Well, some of it. Some of it was, quote-unquote, channeled, 
Now, some uh, the the poetry. There's probably maybe a quarter of the book is her poetry. So her poetry is more of she'll just have a feeling, or sometimes she'll wake up in the morning with one line in her head and then write the poem. Um, the long poem that is the backbone of the book in the honey jars. Um, mm-hmm. That was something that was quote unquote given to her by the prophet Isaiah. Um, okay. And so that's the poetry. The other stuff, the the quotes. Um, are things from her teaching. And from her teaching, what happens is, and part of the reason I I like it so much, is when she's teaching, she's not thinking about what she's doing or what she's saying or how she's saying it. There's a room full of people, and she's communicating to them directly. So I think part of the appeal in the book is it's conversational. It's something like someone would just say to you. So it's very very accessible. Now, when, when she gets the information it's kind it's a it's a combo plate in that often she's she's commu- communicates all the time with non-physical beings so she's hearing them but it's kind of like she's hearing them but she's involved in the conversation too so when it comes out it really is a co-creation of the information she's receiving and then her life experience of of dealing with this world through the eyes of a mystic and then the years of her uh, writing poetry, and it all comes out the way it comes out. And it comes out beautifully, and you can learn a lot from it if you just sit and read it and and take it in for what it is, because I don't know, there's just a, it, it's the hardest interview I've had to do because I can't seem to find the words to state what this book does. But I will say to this to the listeners, the holidays are coming and people love getting a book. So go out and buy this book. It's the not so little book of surprises because even though it says it's a coffee table book, it's not a huge coffee table book, but it's a great book for anyone. People should probably have to read this. I think they would be put on a different journey if they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let me let me t- tell people something because I've noticed that I mean it is um, it's fairly large. It's nine by eleven. Beautiful photographs from N. Gorgeous photographs. Gorgeous. But we basically have it priced like a paperback. It's it's only eighteen ninety five. And the the person right. who was printing it, we we got a really high end printer, and the guy says, "Why aren't you selling this for thirty five dollars?" And we mm. said, "Well, they said that's what this should go for." And I said, "Well." You know, uh, this, we're not doing it to make money, um, and I'd rather get it into more hands and make less money than, you know, I'm not into maximizing the dollar. So we made it. I mean, 18.95 is three trips to Starbucks. So, right. Um, it's, I want it affordable to people so they can, you know, so kids in college can you just go buy one. So that's and, that's the plug. And I think, too, when you think about all the people that – Everyone always feels obligated to buy gifts for specific people, and they, the price keeps going up every year. Sometimes the most meaningful things are not those things that cost fifty to a hundred dollars. Sometimes the most meaningful things are the small things. And at eighteen ninety-five, with whatever taxes in your area, it's under twenty dollars. That it, it is so worthwhile. You're giving somebody a gift of 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 learning about their own heart, about learning their own soul, and reading it somewhere. Some word is going to resonate with these people. One of these phrases, one of these poems, one of these quotes is going to resonate with someone and make them a better person. I know it. I know it with everything that I have in my being. I know that to be true. And I would say that's the best gift you could ever give anyone. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) 
Well, Thank you're you. welcome. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you the truth here. I just, I get, I got passionate about the book. I really, really did. <laughs> the uh, one of the, one of the things. Um, oh, let's see. You know, a lot of people are right now seeking spirituality in in many different ways, transformation, I guess. And there's there's definitely a connection between spiritual transformation and physics. And I was wondering if we could speak to that. Sure. What would Go you ahead. like? And, oh, okay. Me go ahead. Well, the physics. This this really harkens back to my bleep days when I was much more focused on that. But there there are things in physics that are that are just mind boggling, and, and they they don't make sense to our physical beings. And let me give everyone one example. There's this thing called quantum entanglement, and quantum entanglement basically says if you have two particles, you put them on you, you, they're entangled. They bump into each other, let's say. You put one on one side of the universe, one on the other. You take the one and you flip it upside down. The one on the other side of the universe instantaneously flips the other way. Mm-hmm. Well, this, is, this doesn't make how – could, how could two particles in this huge universe be so connected that when you flip one – a gazillion billion miles away, the other one changes. It is so bizarre. In fact, that whole principle came up because Einstein did not like quantum physics, and he realized that was an implication of all the the equations. So he came up with that to disprove quantum physics. He shows it to Niels Bohr. He said, look, this is what your equations say. We all know that's impossible. So Bohr spends a very sleepless night going over the equations over and over, and next morning he sees uh, Albert, and he says, well, you're right, that's exactly what quantum physics says. So Einstein says, oh, therefore, Einstein called it spooky action at a distance. (laughs) So this had been going on, this debate had been going back and forth, back and forth, and I think about 10 years ago, they finally proved it in the laboratory. That is the way it is. And so what that says, because all, all the particles were connected at the Big Bang, that means all the particles in the universe are connected all the time. Now, of course, the mystics and the visionaries and the enlightened ones have been saying that forever. But, you know, us physical beings, we look and say, what do you mean I'm connected to you? That doesn't make any sense. But really, the physics is saying on a subatomic level, everything is always connected. And that is so bizarre. I mean, when you think about gravity, Gravity is really the same thing. Gravity is basically every bit of matter or energy in the universe attracts every other bit of matter in the universe all the time. I mean, who te- I sometimes think, who keeps track of all this? But that's the way it works. So these are examples of where physics is saying, is telling us that what, what we perceive in the world, that, that there's the separateness, it ain't really that way at all. That's just the way that our bodies are processing the information, but it's really quite different. So that's an example of where where physics is basically, you know, opening the door to a whole other level of perception, which is really in line with the spiritual worldview. And it's fascinating, and it you can wrap your brain around it a little bit because it's energy, and energy everything's energy. It just it doesn't matter what it is. The cars you drive on the roads that you drive, it's all energy. It's just a matter of how the molecules came together and what has DNA and what doesn't have DNA. You know. So mm-hmm. I kind of look at it that way, and I think, yeah, everything, and we are connected. Our emotions connect us greatly, and things can things can just happen. You get feelings about people that you're closest to. So I truly believe that, yeah, if you're, you know, you've heard about people 
who are separated at um, birth and then they find each other later and they always knew there was something missing and they didn't know they were separated at birth. Or you hear about couples where uh, um, a woman's at home with her children and her husband is on the other side of the world and something happens and she knows it. You know, mm-hmm. it, being aware and being that tuned in, that has a lot to do with how you feel it and interpret it, even though we know that you can flip one thing on the other side of the world. You know, when it's uh, one thing turns on this side of the world, it can flip the other way on the other side of the world. But I think people are becoming more aware and more in tune with that side of themselves because they need to feel that sense of, I'm going to call it security, um, that sense of belonging and connection with everyone else. And, and thank God for that, you know. Well, that's a little example of that. Just when you said everything is energy, a huge gust of wind just blew through, and I'm sitting outside, and um, I'm sitting next to some rose bushes, and all these petals from the roses flew up into the air, and you think, oh, there's this wind, and there are these rose petals flying all over the place. That's beautiful. Uh, Yeah. That's very cool. I like that. <laughs> that was very cool. And it was timing. I'm like, whoa, good special effects, God. <laughs> yeah, T is an energy therapist. She did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get it. We get it. Yeah, it is energy. You're just showing off a little bit. That That's okay. There you go. You get yeah. to do that. And I didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> but I, ju- I find the whole world of physics um, totally fascinating. And before I got into my work, I needed to, to proof it out because I, I like to have science behind everything, so I need to know this is real. You know, it's not the I dream a genie effect where you just bob your head and things happen. And when I started taking classes in quantum physics, I realized, oh, my God, this really is real. And that just blew my mind. I mean, it just really blew my mind. So mm-hmm. all, of the, all, all of this stuff that, that happens, there is a connection. And I love, you must be familiar with or even know Greg Braden and his work um, uh-huh. when he talked to, about 9-11 and how the, the uh, satellites above the Earth that, that tell the scientists on Earth what the energy field of the Earth is doing and how there was such a spike in the magnetic field of the Earth after 9-11, regardless of the emotion, it's all the emotion together just spiked the, the magnetic field of the Earth, just spiked the energy. And scientists wanted to know why, and they realized it was a short window of time when people learned about 9-11, and whether it was sadness, anger, uh, hurt, fear, grief, whatever it was, it was so, there was so much of it on the earth at that time that it actually created a spike in the field. And right there, it was, okay, we're connected. We're all connected, whether we want to be or not, whether we want to believe it or not, we are. And I think that the the words that are portrayed in the book, and what's fascinating is she didn't just sit down and write this. These were poems that she had written like you said, for a few years, they were just kind of hanging around the house along with his pictures that were hanging around his house, right? <laughs> yep, that, that was it. And I was just <laughs> hanging around doing together. nothing, so I thought I'd put them together. <laughs> <laughs> See, everybody's here for a reason, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but to to have that, and there it is, you know, in, in one person's home are these words, and another person's home are these pictures, and then there's somebody in the center who says, well, you know, we need to put this together because somebody suggested it would be good to put this into a book, and you were the connection to all of it. That right there is fascinating, the way mm-hmm. that it just fell together. So you know, I kind of look at the book as being all-encompassing and fascinating from every angle. It doesn't seem that there's anything missing out of it as far as putting it together and then what it gives, because it does give, what it gives to the reader. 
I mean, I've had other people read it and say, yeah, there is something about this book that I like. And then I've said to them, now go buy your own and give me mine back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that is something that, um, you know, we've really noticed because uh, when you you create something as an artist, um, you create it and you don't, it's kind of a way and you don't really know how how it's going to, people are going to react. And so we've been noticing that as a pattern. People, especially people who are sensitive to energies, you know, they they pick it up and they're like, whoa, this is, huh, this is something a little strange is happening with this here book. And, you know, what it is, is that, that higher dimensional, higher energy, higher frequency, mm-hmm. Um, things get encoded in a work of art. Um, When I was editing What the Bleep, there were certain quotes that I put in there that um, the people I was working with say, why does that quote in there? And I said, because there's an energy behind it. And they say, well, it doesn't fit. I said, we'll make it fit because the Mm -hmm. energy was so... And there's a, 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 a term in Tibetan Buddhism. It's called a terma. And a terma is a hidden treasure, the idea of the hidden treasure is something that will be – it's hidden, but at some point it will it'll be revealed. So basically the book – and I, I have a certain sensitivity apparently to picking those things out. So you know, the mm-hmm. quotes that I picked out, a lot of them have these little terms. There are these hidden energies. There are these frequency patterns that when you read it, something is encoded in it. And like you, the reason you said it's ineffable, it hits you in a way and you kind of don't even know how it's hitting you. That's because of the, the energy, the hidden energy, the terma that's encoded in that frequency. And, and of course, when you associate the, the, the words with the pictures, now you're sort of hitting both sides of the brain at the same time and sort of in that, that place in the middle that's where these hidden hidden messages just spring into awareness. And and it does the the hidden energy especially if I think if you're sensitive it does kind of uh knock you for a loop and, and it's it's very surprising. You know, no pun intended truly, but it is surprising because you think you know, I'm used to handling other people's energy. I deal with cancer patients. I deal with pediatric hospice situations. That's difficult. But it, you're dealing with this energy and you know to read this book and realize okay, there's something going on here in, it, in a big way. And I think you get those, I'll call them energy boosts, when you need them. You get what you need from it. And I guarantee if I pick this book up in three months and, and read something from it, I will, even if it's something I've read before, I will get something different because the energy right. is what's needed at the time. So the whole book is, is terma. The whole, the whole yep. book, everything in it. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. You know, uh, right there, that's surprising. <laughs> you know? And I think... <laughs> well, I did want to... I mean, you sort of, when I came up with the whole concept, Book of Surprises, there was a moment I'm like, well, okay, Will, if you're going to call the Book of Surprises, you'd better deliver. Because otherwise, you know, boy, oh boy. So, um, and, you know, the, the, oh, I was lucky in that a lot of what Deirdre says, like that that thing you read about this is what uh, Jesus meant by it says yeah. you know to, to love the soul of your enemy nowhere does it mm-hmm. say to love bad behavior i mean right. that last line is 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 that's a surprise you don't you don't see it coming and no, yet it's know. so true <laughs> so that's that's a lot of the 
just so people know that don't have the book, that's a lot of the the surprise in it is you get to the last line of some of these things and it's like, whoa, I never saw that coming. And then, but it makes perfect sense. And that, that actually is one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the, um, the conversational, um, somewhat, um, Deirdre calls it sassiness in the book. Yeah. Is, it's just, it's, you know, just kind of says stuff like that the way it is. It's true because you go through and it's very eloquent and it's moving and then you get to the last line. Nowhere does it say I love the actions of bad behavior, you know? <laughs> and I laughed when I read that and I thought that's so true, but I did not expect to see that at the end of this because it was flowing in such an eloquent way and, you know, right. you expected it to end on that. And I thought, okay, this is really funny, <laughs> you know? And that, I was going to ask you if there were any favorite quotes because that happened to be one of mine. I, I had a couple and a couple of things that just really um, stories, if you will, you know, the one about when you hurt somebody, you know, act in grace, be noble, show dignity, uh, you know, things like that. Um, there were a lot of them. I, I was going to mark the pages of which ones I liked, but I realized I might as well just hold the book because <laughs> it's the whole book. There's, just, I can't, there's only a few I can pick out that really did something. And like I said, it comes to you when you need it. When, you're, when you read something, you will get out of it what you need at that moment in time. And if you read it again, you will get something else, you know? Uh, well, my favorite quote, it's more like what's the quote du jour? Because mm-hmm. I'll have a favorite yeah. quote for one or two days, and then I won't. And then another another thing that happens is I'm, I pretty well have most of them memorized, more or less. And I'll be just walking around, and one will just pop into my mind, and it'll be my quote du jour for a couple of days. Um, one other one other thing is, that I find amusing is, I mean, I know them so well, and Deirdre knows them so well, and we're married. And as anyone who's mm-hmm. married in a close relationship knows. You know, there's there's times when, you know, it's goodness and light, and it's times where it's like, oh, you are driving me crazy. Yep. So, <laughs> so now that I have all these quotes, sometimes something will come up, and then the perfect response is a quote. And I say it to her, and because she was the one who originally said it, she she can't do anything but just smile and nod her head. So we've been that doing that to each other now. Well, you know, when you sometimes you get into things where someone's driving you crazy, and the other person just brings out a quote and says it. And since both our names are on the book, we kind of <laughs> have to go. Yeah, that's right. So it's uh, it's kind of a that's funny probably thing. a good way to end a fight, though. You know, to end it's an a argument, great way to, to end, end a fight. A, yeah. Yeah, because it's a great way to do it because then and it's also kind of funny because when I uh, yeah. she never sees him coming. And so when I say it, she'll just be like and then, you know, her eyes get really big or or sometimes it goes the other way and she'll say something yep. and I'll be like, "Oh, you know, please please pass the strawberries." Yeah, at least, but at least you end up laughing, which is a much better way than <laughs> be mad at each other and do the passive aggressive thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it really is. It really is a good way to be. I think one of the uh, one of the quotes that that struck me that I liked a lot was uh, "Services when you give, knowing that you will not receive anything back." And that's important to me because I run a, a children's nonprofit, and with volunteers, it's like you cannot expect anything in return. And yet, I make sure that my volunteers are given the thanks that are due them and are stroked appropriately so that they understand how grateful we are for everything that they're doing for this organization because it's run strictly by, by volunteers. There are no salaries. There are no stipends. The money that comes in goes back out to give children the basic necessities of life because we, we feel that 
every kid deserves a fair shot, you know, and when you have nothing, that's not even in the realm of possibility. So in doing so, it's, it's good to take the volunteers and, and let them know. And since reading this, there have been a couple of people that I've said to them, you know, when, when you give and don't expect anything, that's really service. Anything else isn't service. And I realized I'm quoting from that book. <laughs> I thought, you know what? Don't make it a job, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. It's just because I tell them all the time, just come from your heart. If you truly come from your heart, then everything is fine and you're doing the right thing. So don't expect mm-hmm. and, and truly just give and know that, you know what, it's all okay and trust that things will be okay because they will be. And that seemed to be a common thread through the book, even though, you know, maybe I was putting it there, but even though it wasn't written that way, I could feel that throughout the book that, you know, just come from your heart, just come from your heart. Well, that's so. That's that's dear. That's dear Drake, um, and she really. That's that's how she, she lives her life. And as she tells her students, um, all the time, you know, the, the she said the best way to transform is service. Um, yeah. And by doing that, you. I mean, there the are a lot of traditions that say that too, but she's. That's something that she always says. Just you know, service, service, service. And of her students, the ones that really dive into the service. They transform, so yeah, I see it happen. Yeah, yes, and it has to happen if you truly, even if you start small, you'll see little increments, and and people like that because then they'll build on it. They'll think, oh, that worked. Okay, well, let me see if it works with this. And almost to me, things like that become a game. Well, let's make it work over here, and it really is magic. You know, people mm-hmm. say life is not magic. Yeah, it really is. It really is, and it's so easy to do it if you just come from your heart. If you just say, okay, I got to take me out of it. And, you know, you learn how to detach pretty well um, in life, especially if you do things like hospice work. You kind of have to detach, and there are times that you can't. But when you're doing that, you can detach, and you find in life in general, you can detach from things and, and look at it differently and say, okay, yeah, if I, get, if I take all this away and just look at that person's soul, then you can love that person again. You know, you can love that person from a soul level and say, okay, well, all the rest of it just doesn't really matter. You know, because I, I have to honor their soul because they're here. And, and I believe that we are on, this could just be my belief, but I believe that we are all, we have that particle of God within us. And so we are part of God. So therefore, you know, like the, the last thing I read said, or the one before said, you know, their light always takes over dark. Evil won't win. Evil won't win. It can't. It can't. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, you know, yeah. Yep. Um, one of the, the, another one that I would like to read, if I may, was... Uh, yeah, that's in your book. May I read another one? <laughs> but of course. I'd read the whole book if you'll let me. <laughs> <laughs> the extraordinary pull of the darkness is always upon us. It takes great resistance not to be pulled into the force of darkness. But even if you have been pulled into that world, however it looks for you, one moment of light, one breath of truth can sustain you. That's how powerful the light is. Nothing is more powerful than the experience of light. Be aware of those moments of light, and like a string of pearls, the moments of light will see you through. And that's true. You know, light gets rid of darkness, but there's nothing that gets rid of light. Darkness doesn't, because there's always light. Mm-hmm. I particularly like that quote, too. And one of the things about that is there was... Uh, some years ago, there was, and you would run into this sometime in New Age teachings where people say, oh, there is no darkness, there is no darkness, you know, don't ever, um, d- d- don't worry about the darkness, it's an illusion, don't worry, don't worry, just, you know, focus on the light. 
But the thing is that I saw a lot of people do is they then like, oh, well, there's no evil in the world. There's no thing. Oh, yeah, there's no evil. What do you do when, you know, someone kidnaps your kid? Tell me there's no evil then. So, you know, there's a – you know those quotes are very powerful because they're in this world we live in, this three-dimensional on the planet Earth. Yes, there are things that are, that are darkness, that are evil. That is an energy in the world, and that's really a lot. You know, all the non-dualists say, "Well, there is no darkness; there's only light." Well, yes, that's true. But in the world, there are those uh, opposing forces, and you know, I certainly believe that you know, our journey here is learning how to deal with the opposing forces, and eventually to find the, as Buddha would say, the golden middle path between them. But you're not going to find the golden middle path by ignoring one side of it. And so that's why I think that quote is so is so important, because she's saying in there, the pull of, there is a pull of darkness. I mean, I certainly know that. I mean, there's mm-hmm. times um, during this election where things would happen, and mm-hmm. I would be like, I can't believe they're doing that. That's just so messed up. And, you know, and I would, I I would start be going into the, the into the the hate and the rhetoric and all that sort of stuff, and that, then I would be like, oh, that's the pull of the darkness, the, the pull to go into that, and you know, exact that emotion and, and you know, make people bad and do all the sort of stuff. But it's like, well, that there's a pull there, and if you don't realize there's a pull, unless you're 100% pure, you will, you know, it's going to latch on and pull you. So, you know, it's. That's where the awareness comes in. And let's make one thing clear. There's nobody on the planet who's 100% pure. <laughs> well, I haven't met them yet, so... Um, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, I'm thinking that probably that's, that's probably an accurate <laughs> statement. <laughs> I could be wrong. I've been proven wrong before, but I'm thinking that you know, it's pretty accurate. But I agree yeah. with you 100%. You know, there's what people refer to as the shadow side. We all have it. It's a, it's a matter of just, you know, knowing. And knowing and acknowledging it and saying, okay, don't let that out. You know, and not don't let it out, but observe it and let it go and, and see from a different perspective how you can change that, how you can look at it a different way. I, I had somebody call me up and, and say, T, can I get in for a session this week? And I said, no, I'm sorry, you can't. I'm, I'm booked solid. And she said, I have to get in or I'm going to go to New York because I'm like an hour out of New York City. or I'm going to go to New York City and I'm going to become part of the protest. And I said, OK, first of all, that's not good. Don't go be part of the protest because that doesn't look good. Somebody's going to get hurt. If you want to protest, you write to your congressman, your senator, your representatives and do that. Or you go to the gym where you feel you're being sexually harassed and you say to them, give me my membership fee, you know, remainder back because I'm leaving because this is not what I like and this is not what I wanted and I don't like it here and I want to go elsewhere. Take things and do them in a way that you're standing up for yourself, but don't do it with violence. That doesn't solve anything. And she listened to that, which was good. Because I could just picture going to New York and, you know, and getting a phone call later saying, can you bail me out of jail or something? That wasn't going to happen. So, you know, <laughs> like, you know no, don't do this. It's foolish. So I think that yeah. we all have that side where, yeah, you hear something that you don't like and you start to scream at the TV set or the radio or whatever it is. But just being aware that, wait a minute, how can I do this in a way that's nonviolent and beneficial to everyone and for the highest good? And that in your book is what really comes through, doing things from the highest good, because you do lay out that there is a dark side. We all have this. But if you really go to your soul and listen, then that's, you're going to get more and you're going to be able to, to survive things and react in a better way instead of reacting in a way that's not going to serve anyone very well at all. Yep. But that's just me. <laughs> 
Well, I happen to agree with you, so that's that's just me too. Yeah. And I can't believe it. We're already at the top of the hour. Well, oh, my gosh, I don't know where the hour went. I, I, I love the book. But before we leave, you know, we go off the air, I really would love it if you would tell our listeners how can, they can learn more about you and Deirdre and where they can purchase your book, The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises. Well, there's the bookofsurprises.com. That's the website for the book. And if you go there, I put together a flip book, and it's a, it's a uh, it's like it just is like 14 pages of the book, but I was able to embed videos of myself and most of them of Deirdre. Um, in there's actually a funny one in there too of the book, so you get a little feeling for what the book is like. Um, you get you get the feeling for what Deirdre and I are like, sort of on camera, and that's a really good little um, uh, thing. Just check out the the flip book once you're on the website. There's something by now, and it shoots you over to Amazon, or you can just go to Amazon and get it. And it is in bookstores. Um, it's uh, it's in Barnes and Noble. Uh, you know, a lot of tattered. If you're in Denver, it's tattered cover. I think is the name of the bookstore. I mean, so it's it's in bookstores. Um, and if it's not in your bookstore and you go in there, please, please, please say, hey guys, I heard this really great book. You know, can you order some copies? I want I want it. So. Um, that then helps prime the pump. It's like what we did with What the Bleep is that people, if it wasn't in your local theater, people would go to the theater and say, why don't you get What the Bleep? And after about 10 people said that, we'd get the phone call, hey, we want your movie. So mm-hmm. um, that's another way to get it too. But however you get it, um, that's how. And get it for people on your gift list. I kid you not. You will be you will be doing the world a good service. The people a good service. Best gift you can get somebody is something that's going to really make a shift within them. And I truly believe, even if they just pick up the book, something's going to happen. I, there's magic in this book. I truly believe that. I, I, and I don't say this. I, I don't say this about. I've never said this about another book. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of good books on this show, and I've given an awful lot of good reviews, but I've never said that. So it wow. really just picking it up, you will you will shift. I can feel it, and I don't think it's just because I'm an energy therapist. I think there's more to it than that. I think it's the book itself, and and the power that's in it will affect everyone. So. You know, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live, productively, healthfully, and purposefully, and with surprises. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity you just had so they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. And also go to our charitable organization's website, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where we believe we are making a brighter tomorrow by giving children a better today. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. St. Teresa always gives Rose, yeah, you know, so when you said that, I was like, oh, my God, St. Teresa's here. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought Teresa, that was cool. St. Teresa of Avila? Yeah, yep. 
when she said, when I, you know, when I leave the earth, if you pray to me, I will um, scatter roses among you and, you know, send roses your way. And the fact that you got rose petals is like, oh, I wonder what they're waiting to do next because they're going to get it. St. Teresa hears them. You know, it wasn't well, you know, for me, she, but it was to show me. <laughs> she is mentioned in the book, you know. Yes, I know. I read your book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, St. Teresa was, was in there, so. And as she, I was flipping she, through it on air, you know, I was like, you said the roses. I'm like, she's here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. It was that wicked was, cool, I got to say. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah. But thank you. I cannot thank you enough. I know how busy you both are, and I can't wait to see another book come out. Um, I hope there will be another one of some sort because this was just amazing. There's well, no words. What I'll do now is I'll go to Amazon and write a review, um, and then I will send you tomorrow a link to the show. If you so choose to put it on your website, you may do that. Um, so, you know, whatever. Oh, <laughs> oh please, yeah, send the, uh, send the link to Dia, and then we, um, we are posting those on, the, uh, on our websites and whatnot. So um, that would be great. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I will do the review this evening um, after I go feed my husband. <laughs> I will do that. I will write the review and put it on Amazon and Goodreads. I do both. Um, I figure cool. if you come on the show, if you, if you have the grace to come on the show, I'm going to write a review for you. And so I hope that um, I just wish you both so much abundance and uh, only the very best of life's offerings. I, I truly mean that. Thank you so much for all that you're doing for all of us. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, I didn't really know all of what you'd did but you know listening to the show the thing you do with the children um and the, yeah. the hospice i mean that's really incredible work also so thank you thank you yeah yeah that's um it's the hospice is hard but helping the kids in need is so rewarding so you just see their little faces and know that okay somebody's trying to help you know this kid could be the kid that saves the world we don't know that they need everybody right. needs a fair shot so you know yeah it's very cool i i, I get passionate about that too i guess i'm a passionate right. person <laughs> <laughs> good for you yeah, I guess. Well, you guys are as well, I can tell, because, you know, your book. <laughs> yeah. But thank you so very, very much. I appreciate your time, and I wish you a happy holiday season and a wonderful Thanksgiving and great New Year, all that. <laughs> okay, well, same to you, and thanks, thanks, for, thanks for the interview. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a great evening. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.